You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Well, come on and take your Bibles. Put one finger in Philippians chapter 3 and put another finger all the way into Luke chapter 19, okay? So stick one finger into Philippians chapter 3, stick another finger into Luke chapter 19. This morning I'm excited about being here this morning and seeing what God is about to do. And this morning I want to, I thought that I was finished, to be honest, with the momentum last week. And as I was praying and as I was seeking the Lord, as I was just thinking about this, uh, the more that I began to dig into this passage of Scripture, the more I thought, my God, I'm not finished yet. And so this morning I want to tag on an addendum. And I want to tag on for just a moment because it is, I hate to be able to say to tag on an addendum, but brother and sister, let me just share something with you that will give you such great momentum in your life that you will be amazed at what happens as you begin to move forward. Over the past month, we've been speaking about momentum. We've been talking about how the Lord wants to be able to push forward and and desiring us to press forward and to move forward to become what God has called us to be, both as individuals and as in the church, to impact the world around us, to impact your world, to impact the people in your life, to impact your family, to impact your friends, to impact your workplace, to impact the people around you at Kroger, to impact the people around you at Walmart, to impact the people around you at the gas pump, to impact the people around you, and how that God is wanting us to be able as a church to move forward in such a way that it allows us to impact not only the community around us, but also the county around us. And brother and sister, understand something. As we've been talking about this, how that we are wanting to see God grow in our lives, grow in this church, His presence, His manifestation, growing in this church, and that we see this church grow not only spiritually, but in numbers and in disciples that are being made. Brother and sister, I want to see momentum. And we begin to experience momentum. Momentum is defined as the force or speed of movement. Movement is achieved when force is applied to an object that is greater than its mass. The greater that the force that is applied to the mass, the faster that it goes. That forward movement is momentum. That is what God wants in every single one of us. Forward movement that feeds, that movement feeds momentum in your life. That immediately the movement that you normally give is forward. And the more that you move forward, the harder it is to stop the forward progression. Why? Because your mass is being pushed forward faster and faster and faster and faster, constantly picking up 
momentum and seeing God do things. The more momentum that you have in your life, the easier that being used of God, seeing God do things, begins to become in your life. The more momentum that picks up in your life, the easier it becomes. You're not, you know, you're not ignorant to spiritual things. Why? Because you're experiencing them. You begin to have faith in more and more things that God is doing. Why? Because you're beginning to know Him more. And as you know Him more, your trust in Him grows. And when your trust in Him grows, you can do anything because all things are possible whenever it comes to God. Let's just understand something. Momentum is something that you need to begin to push forward and it needs to be something that continues in your life. You don't ever want to stop moving forward. And that is why the enemy is all the time trying to be able to oppose you. All the time trying to be able to keep you from moving forward because he recognizes something. That if he can keep you from gaining forward momentum, it's easier to stop you down the road. Whenever you come to a parking lot and you come up on a curb, the other day I was we pulled into to, oh I was pulling in I was down downtown Memphis and I was pulling through and uh, uh, and I watched as I was at a red light and watched this truck trying to be able to get into the last parking spot at a Wendy's and I'm watching and he comes in through the exit swings back around this long wheelbase truck because here comes this little Honda something or another. And he's like, he's flying in that thing, whips that thing around. I thought he's about to take out the car beside him. Hops the curve, pops up, and drives over the embankment right onto the grass and onto the sidewalk. Now, let me tell you something, brother and sister. There's a reason why he was able to do that. Because that joker had some speed built up. Okay? He had some speed built up. And... Guess what? That little lady over there in that little Honda going beep, 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 and just, that didn't stop that speed, brother, I'm telling you. She would have gotten away, it would have been a little Honda sandwich. And brother, you understand something. Whenever you begin moving forward, and this is the reason why it's important, that even after a week after we ended the fast and the seeking of the presence of God, it's important that you don't immediately just stop doing the things that you were doing during your fast, during your time of seeking the Lord. Why? Because, brother and sister, what begins to happen is you will begin to slow down your own momentum toward what God wants in your life. And it's time that we understand something. If we're not moving forward with the Lord, then what we are doing is we are taking speed away from where God is wanting to lead us, which allows us to become more and more vulnerable to the very obstacles that the, Lord, that the enemy would try to put in our path. The construction people, when they built that little, that little lip on the, uh, up next to the sidewalk and, and they're in the parking lot, they were doing it wise so that if somebody comes in hot and heavy like that truck, they don't immediately wind up in the road. But he was going in such a degree faster that whenever it hit that, that, that little bump, it, 
He goes up and over and onto the sidewalk, but he was able to stop. Why? Because they're putting obstruction in the way. Brother and sister, understand something. There will be times that there will be obstructions, but if you keep moving forward and allow God to continue to push you, guess what? You will not only meet the obstruction, but you can go over the obstruction. And you can keep going where God wants you to be. But if you, are, if you do not have speed moving you forward in force that is putting you forward, those obstructions can cause problems in your life. And you get caught trying to get over them. But brother and sister, understand this this morning. This is, it's such a, this is why that the Lord, whenever Paul began to instruct Paul, and Paul began to encourage the Philippian church, I want to share this with you. In Philippians chapter 3, we've talked about it for the last month. Beginning in verse 12, not that I've already attained, but I'm already perfected, but I press on. If you have not already underlined that, that'd be a good time to underline if you write in your Bible. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of that of me. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Once again, you can underline that. To those things which are ahead. My focus is ahead. I'm moving forward ahead. I'm pressing on to what God has in store for me. My, my, my eyes are not in the rearview mirror, but they are heading forward to see the direction that the Lord is taking me. Verse 14. I press toward. You can underline that too. The goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Brother and sister, just as Paul instructed the church at Philippi, this morning I want to encourage you, press forward to see what God can be able to do for you. And if you will press forward, the Lord will press forward for you. Oh, Lord have mercy. Understand this, my friend. Whenever you begin to come into a place that you begin to combine your strength and your force with God's strength and God's force, and you begin to combine your power along with God's power, it begins to become a complete object that cannot be stopped no matter what obstacle comes in front of you. You can be an overcomer in Christ Jesus if you just keep moving forward. Brother and sister, this week I want to declare to you a very simple principle. That as I begin to look at this, this message today, and I begin to look at this story that began to become very obvious in my life and, and here to this morning. It's a very simple principle, but it's a very true principle. That when you begin to enact it in your life, you will be amazed at the momentum that it begins to push forward in your life. It will propel you forward in the things of God and it will also move this church forward to what God has called us to be. Because, brother and sister, this, it may be simple, but it is powerful. Understand this, that the meeting of believers at a church or a gathering spot can be a celebration of the arrival of the King. 
Every time we get together, it can be a celebration. Can I share this with you, brother and sister? Every time that we get together in the saints, it should be a time where we combine our voices together and begin to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ and allow His presence to fall and allow us to be able to be caught up in His love, caught up in His strength, caught up in His power so that we can experience and encounter the very presence and power of God on a weekly basis right here in this building. Because this is the we are not called to be a country club. We are not called to be a bless me club. We are not called to be any of those things. It is not just us and no more. It is not just this people and that's it. But brother and sister, understand this. The Lord has called us to come together in this place to group your talents and my talents and my strength and my weaknesses to your strength and your weaknesses so that we can be able to come together as the body of Christ to be able to worship Him, to give Him glory and to allow His strength and His presence to fill us that allows us to be able to see God moving in this place at this time to encourage us, strengthen us and disciple us in His presence. If we don't have that, then brothers and sisters, why in the world do we get together? We must have His presence. So brothers and understand something. You can be able to have a celebration of the arrival of the Lord anytime that we get together. And He wants that to be. But understand this. The celebration of the arrival of the Lord, the celebration of His presence, The joy of seeing God work in a powerful way. The great just honor of seeing lives being changed in the very presence of the Lord and seeing burdens lifted and seeing sin be broken and seeing all kinds of stuff happening in our lives. It can happen. But understand this, my friend. He wants it to happen. But it will only happen... If we began to meet the Lord before we ever get here and that we bring Him with us. You know, it's amazing. But understand something. There is something that is powerful whenever you talk about the body of Christ coming together in a place and that place begins to become a place where the belief and the saints of God gather together when they have been experienced the presence of the Lord when they are at home and they bring it together and all of a sudden there's a connectivity of faith. There's a connectivity of joy. There's a connectivity of strength. There's a connectivity of hope. There's a connectivity knowing that no matter what I'm going through, I recognize this, that if I can't touch God, I got my brother and sister beside me that has already met the Lord and they come walking in and I'm ready to receive. Why? Because they've already received something and they're ready to be able to bring in the presence of the Lord and allow me to come in with them. The problem is this, we have way too many people that have not ever been with the Lord this week and they come walking in going, <laughs> right? We have so many people that come in and they've just like, they haven't experienced the presence of the Lord and they're like going, I just need something from the Lord today. It's hard. 
The problem is this. Understand something. The Lord can't touch you. But when you have so few that have met with the Lord, what begins to do, brother and sister, there is, it, it has to take time to work. For the presence of the Lord to begin to move. Brother and sister, whenever you've been in a position where there's electricity, whenever there's a majority of people that have said, I have met with the Lord and I'm walking in His presence and I'm walking into church this morning ready to worship the Lord. All of a sudden, brother and sister, you're the Spirit of God that works in you begins to gravitate and say, yes, the Lord is here. And it begins to bring a unification of the Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, that same unification brought about the very baptism of the Holy Spirit falling on that place. And that's what happens. There's no secret kind of thing to it where you have to hold your hands right like a, one of them old TV antennas. Just trying to get reception from the Lord. Brother and sister, the Lord is wanting to be able to work and to be able to propel us forward and propel you forward. But He recognizes there's moments in life whenever stuff goes on that you need somebody to help you propel yourself forward. And brother and sister, that's why we need to come together in the presence of the Lord and come together in the power of God and bring the presence of the Lord with us to a point that brother and sister, when we get here together, we're ready to explode in celebration. Why? Because we recognize that the King of the universe is coming in the building to be able to meet needs this morning. morning this simple principle is this the lord wants our services to be a celebration an arrival of the king like we talked about in palm sunday this morning he wants it to be but for that to be able to happen we need to bring him with us what are you talking about look at luke chapter 19 luke chapter 19 take your bible out take a look real quick at it because we're about to read this Brother and sister, we're going to finish this up pretty quickly. Because we're going to do something a little different. Luke chapter 19, look at verse 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he came near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples. Now understand something. The Mount of Olivet... Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to Jerusalem because the Passover is taking place. Now understand, the Passover is one of the feasts that you were supposed... It was a pilgrimage feast. You would come to Jerusalem. That's where they would like you to be able to come. One of the three great feasts that you would come to Jerusalem. And you would come there to be able to celebrate whenever... Like we talked about Wednesday night, how that Jesus or the Lord, God completely and totally delivered the children of Israel out of bondage by sending the angel of death and they would take the blood and they put it across of the lamb on their homes. What happened? The angel of death passed over them and they call it now the feast of Passover. Beautiful, beautiful. And Jesus is on his way there. As he's on his way there, he comes to a place called Mount Olivet. 
and he stops there. And that and Mount Olivet is this. It's kind of like you know in the Ozarks they call them mountains, but really they're just really big hills. It's kind of like Olivet, and that is it's really it's like an, a mountain in the Ozarks. Okay, and so it's very close to Jerusalem. We're talking about you can be at the top of the mountain, you can walk down and be in the gates in twenty minutes. Okay, it's not very far. You are there at the Mount of Olivet, and when he comes to the Mount of Olivet, he sends his disciples on ahead of him. Why? Because they're needing to pick up something. So he says in verse 30, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever set. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosening it? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosening the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosening the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Now recognize what's happening here. Jesus stops at the Mount Olivet. He sends his disciples on ahead. His two disciples go get the colt, bring it back. They then are there. The group that he travels with by this time is quite large. Because understand something. You will read the, the, the gospel. Uh, you will recognize this, that where Jesus went, a crowd went with him all the time. You'll recognize there were times that Jesus said he would have to steal himself away to be able to go pray. And he would literally go hide from people. Because everywhere he went, there was a mass crowd that was following. There were times that he would even go and send his, go and get in the boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to have a little bit of peace. But by the time that they got there, the crowds have already made their way trying to be able to get to find out where he was at. Man, he had a following like nobody. Now understand what is happening here. Jesus has now got the colt. And now as he is making his way into Jerusalem, all of a sudden the people that are with him began to be able to become very excited about his arrival. And they began to take their jackets off, began to lay it on the ground, and began to be able to just lay it on the, on the ground as a sign of, of submission and servanthood to the Lord. Now look what it says in verse 37. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, so he's, just, he's literally just now making the top of Mount Olivet. He's on his way down. That the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had what? For all the mighty works that they had had seen and they begin to say in verse 38 blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heavens and glory in the highest verse 39 and some of the pharisees called to him from the crowd teacher rebuke your disciples and he says this i tell you that these these should keep silent the stones would immediately cry out let me just unpack this for just a moment with you this morning. Understand something. Jesus is making His way to a religious event. 
He's on his way to church. He's on his way to church. Oh, if Gwen was here, I'd have him be my donkey, but he's not feeling well this morning. <laughs> Jesus is on his way. As he begins to make his way, he begins to come, and they begin to go up Mount Olivet. Man, these disciples begin to take off their jackets. Oops, I'm hooked up. Begin to take off their jackets, and they begin to throw it on the ground. As they begin to throw it on the ground and as a sign of submission and honor and respect to the Lord, that donkey began to walk on there. In John chapter 12, the Word of God says that they even cut palm branches. Where we get the word? Palm Sunday. And they cut the branches off and began to wave those branches as he began to come. And the crowd began to line up on each side of the road. And, and you can be able to imagine that you have palm branches on the ground. You have jackets on the ground that are covering the road. And Jesus is just riding on this donkey that's just untamed. Just riding on. And they begin to take those palm branches and begin to celebrate Him as the King victorious that is returning from battle. And he begins that has won and fought the war and has found peace. And he is now there waving those palm branches, declaring, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And they are just, just celebrating and just waving and just having themselves a time. And then all of a sudden, whenever they get to the top of Mount Olivet, all of a sudden the Bible says there in verse 37 that they lose their mind. Wow! They have themselves a Pentecostal fit before there was even a Pentecost. They are worshiping. They are singing. They are magnifying God. They are giving Him all the glory. Why? Because many of these disciples have what? And you see the very last verse of 37. The very last word that they are saying this. That they are worshiping and praising God. Why? Because of what? They had seen. What they had seen had drove them to follow Jesus. What they had experienced drove them to follow the Lord. What they had been a part of caused them to follow the Lord. And now they were in a position where they recognize this. Jesus is entering Jerusalem. Jesus has already prophesied three times that He was about to die. The disciples, they quite haven't figured it out yet, but Jesus has been preparing them. Many of them are saying this, that Jesus is returning to Jerusalem. Why? So that He can take the throne. They are therefore calling Him King. Why? Because they think that He is coming to be able to put an end and begin to finish what He started. Yet, brother and sister, yes, he was coming to finish what he started but it was not for him to sit on an earthly throne it was for him to die on a cross be resurrected on the third day and to sit on a heavenly throne brother and sister and to sit in the throne room of our lives this morning now understand something they are now in a position that Jesus is coming and they are just worshiping God they have traveled there. He has come and now that they are here. Understand something. He is finishing the exact thing that he started on that very first Christmas morning. 
whenever the angel of the Lord cried out to those, those shepherds and says, you need to go to the king that is born. Emmanuel, God with us. Brother and sister, there is something that is happening here that is so powerful that the Lord is getting ready to work in this church service, in this religious event. And for Him to get there, they began to usher Him on in praise and in adoration because of what they had seen. Understand something. I know we've heard this many different times that it was people poured out of Jerusalem to be able to welcome Him. According to Luke chapter 19, it's a little different kind of of spin. That the thing that started all of this was not people coming from Jerusalem to welcome Him. But the people that initiated the arrival of the King. And the clothes being thrown on the ground. And the palm branches being waved. And the excitement that began to ripple through Jerusalem was not the people that were in the city... But brother and sister, they got excited whenever the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ began to worship the Lord and began to proclaim that the Lord, the King, is entering the building. Mm. Brother and sister, understand something. Leading up to this arrival in Jerusalem, Jesus had began to prepare His disciples. Okay? He'd been trying to tell them this. He'd been trying to be able to prepare them for this. They hadn't quite got it. But the moment that they get to the Mount of Olives and begin to worship the Lord, it didn't matter what Jesus had told them. It was all washed away. Why? Because they had seen, they had heard, they knew who He was, and they were ready to worship Him. And that immediate ignition began to, began to ripple through Jerusalem And then Jerusalem began to come out and began to come and flood to see what was happening. Let's just understand something. You have a great ability to move and to change the environment in this church building on a Sunday morning. You have a great ability to change the environment at work that you are in. You are able to have a great ability to change the environment of your home. Your home is not the sanctuary of peace and praise that it needs to be. Can I tell you something? You have the ability to change the atmosphere. Why? Because brother and sister, you can do exactly what these disciples did. Begin to cry out and worship the Lord. And what began to happen is they began to cry out and worship the Lord. All of a sudden the people around them began to to come into a place that they are activated by the presence of this praise. And they began to look their eyes to where Jesus is. And they see Jesus. And all of a sudden, they begin to come and say, Yes, it is Jesus. So many times, brothers and sisters, we look to so many other people and we begin to say, Why don't this one and that one and this one? Sister spiritual and this one and that one. But can I tell you this? You have the ability to change the very environment of a service, change the environment of your home as you begin to learn how to praise the Lord. So understand something, this. Jesus is now coming to a position where the disciples are welcoming in because of what they had seen. Let me just share with you what they had seen. They had experienced something. It's hard for you to praise somebody that you don't know. Let me, tell you, let me say that again. It is hard for you to praise somebody or something 
that you don't know and that you don't know anything about. Now, the thing at the end of your laces is something called a flugel binder. A little piece of plastic at the end of your laces. Every shoe has them. The guy that made the patent for that, oh, if there's ever something that you could be able to invent, my Lord have mercy. That could have been it because it's on every pair of shoes that has laces. It's on everything. But how many times have you ever sit there and go, man, that dude that made that flugel binder, that's an awesome guy. Right? We don't. Why? Because it's not something that we really pay any attention to. I don't really know that much. You know, I just don't. I'm, I've, I, until I heard the story, I was like, the only time I paid attention to laces, when the fugal binder would break and my laces would go. And then you try to be able to push them through your shoe and it's like, give up. Let's just understand something. Some of you try to come in here on a Sunday morning and try to worship the Lord. And when I mean some of you, I mean just the body of Christ. Help. We'll come in to the worship, the, worship the, the Lord and we'll say, somebody just worship the Lord. And we're like going, who are you? Or some of us will go like, hey, Lord, uh, we got some catching up to do because I haven't seen you in three weeks. So how you been doing, Lord? I'm saying something. There is power whenever we begin to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a real way. Whenever you begin to know him, you can't help but love him. When you begin to know him, you can't help but worship him. Understand what then begins to happen in this passage of Scripture. Because all of a sudden, as they have seen, what have they begun to see? They have seen some powerful things. Look here. The crowd that ushers in Jesus has heard Jesus taught. First of all, that he was the Messiah in Luke chapter 4. He heard them teach the Beatitudes in Luke chapter 6. Hear him teach the teachings of mercy in Luke chapter 7. Heard him give the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8. Begin to deal with the personalization of your relationship with him in Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 9. You, they heard the, the teachings of the cost of discipleship in Luke chapter 9. They heard the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. They heard the teaching about prayer in Luke chapter 11. They heard the parable of the mustard seed in Luke chapter 13. They saw the parables of the great summer, the supper in Luke chapter 14. The parable of the lost son, the lost sheep in Luke 15. The parable of the persistent widow in the Luke chapter 18. They saw the lesson of the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. They saw the parable of the talents that God gave individuals to use in Luke chapter 19. And now we see him in a place that now they are looking and seeing Jesus. The same one that spoke into their life. What have they experienced? What have they saw? You'll find it in Luke that here in Luke chapter 4, they had seen Jesus cast out an unclean spirit just by his word. He has seen him heal Peter's mom in Luke chapter 4. They have seen him call fishermen, Peter included, in Luke chapter 4. Why? Because he had seen, just seen, Peter's mom healed. 
You want to know why Peter left the Lord and left it with the Lord, saying, I'm leaving my business. You know why? Because he had experienced the power of God in his life. In Luke chapter 5, they saw Jesus reach out and touch a leper. And not only touch a leper, but heal the leper. He did what the law said don't do. 50 feet, stay away from him. Stay away from him. But in that midst of it, brother and sister, guess what? In the middle of it, Jesus walked up in the middle of his isolation and put his hands on him and says, you are healed. In Luke chapter 5, we find that Jesus heals a paralytic man. Speaks to him and says, rise up and take up your bed and walk. And immediately, he stood to his feet and he walked off. And here, brother and sister, we see in Luke chapter 6 that he speaks and he heals a man that has a withered hand. And he speaks and says, reach out to him. And he reaches out and that arm immediately spans out. And when he expands out, he's healed as he reaches out for the Lord. Woo, you want to talk about something? There's power in reaching. There's power in reaching. I said there's power in reaching out to the Lord. There's power in reaching out to the Lord no matter what your need is. In Luke chapter 7, he heals a centurion servant by the centurion saying this, you don't, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, but just speak the word. Guess what? Jesus spoke the word and immediately His servant is healed. In Luke chapter 7, He raises a widow in the town of Nain. He stops a funeral and speaks to the widow's son and says, Arise! And He comes up off His deathbed. In Luke chapter 8, the wind and the waves obey Jesus. As he stands and he says, be still while he's out in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. When he arrives back there on the shore of Galilee, what does he do? He meets a man by the name of Legion, a demoniac that is filled with thousands of devils. But in the word of the Lord, he is immediately delivered and free from every demonic oppression. In Luke chapter 8, there's a woman with the issue of blood that is healed whenever she presses in and reaches to Jesus and is healed powerfully. Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8 is healed even in the moment whenever the, the people around him says, she's gone, yet Jesus heals her. In Luke chapter 9, yes, the twelve are sent out by Jesus to work miracles. How? By using the name of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is transfigured on the very, on the very moment And in that position, brother and sister, He is there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And while He is there, guess what? Jesus transfigures. And He becomes the glorious Christ. Brother and sister, understand something. They have seen some great things. They've experienced some great things. Brother and sister, in Luke chapter 9, a boy is delivered. And there in Luke chapter 10, 70 now. The group of disciples is growing. And 70 now are sent out. And in the name of Jesus, and guess what? They do miracles yet again. 
In Luke chapter 13, a woman is healed from the very spirit of infirmity. Oh, I love this. Woman is bound where she can do nothing but do this for years and years and years. She can't bend over. She's stuck bending over. But the Bible says with just a moment of Jesus Christ, guess what? That back pops open and she becomes healed. In Luke chapter 14, there's a woman with dropsy or a man with dropsy. The NLT says this, he suffers from swollen, excessively swollen feet and ankles. He can't move. He can't be able to do a lot of things. But brother and sister, in Luke chapter 14, guess what? Jesus shows up and immediately He is healed. In Luke chapter 17, there are ten lepers that come before the Lord and ten of them are cleansed immediately. And in Luke chapter 18, right before He arrives to Jerusalem, there's a beggar that is blind. And He calls out and He says, Have mercy on me, O Son of David. And Jesus says this, I will have mercy on you and you will be healed in the name and sister, this morning, you want to know why? That these disciples are like going, yes! There's a reason why that they're giving God praise. There's a reason why they're laying their jackets before the Lord. There's a reason why that they're waving palm branches. There's a reason why they're singing and they're shouting. Why? Because Jesus Christ has done great things this morning. He has done great things. He has done great things. But understand something. You can only experience great things when you hang around Jesus all the time. Understand this happened before He got to church. And whenever He came to church, He was ushered in by people that experienced His power long before they ever got to church. Brother and sister, understand something. What the Lord is calling from each of us, and that is this, for us to come to a place that we experience the presence and the power of God in a very real, in a very real way in our lives so that we may be able to usher in His presence and know that He's real, know that He lives, know that there's power in the name of Jesus this morning. Come on and stand to your feet across this morning. Throw those hands up in the air across this building. Come on and give Him praise. Come on and give Him praise this morning. Come on and give Him praise this morning. Come on and give Him praise. If God's done anything for you, come on and give Him praise here. Come on and give Him praise this morning.